Welcome to the Impactful PBL Podcast. I'm Candice, your host, a project-based learning coach and leader of the Impactful PBL Network. And you can find me at impactfulpbl.com. I'm on a mission to do good work with good people for good reasons, and I hope you are too. If you are a current or aspiring project-based educator looking for strategies and ideas to craft memorable learning experiences that empower your students to tackle challenges in their school and community through project-based learning, then you're in the right place. Join me as I share resources and tips to help you launch a PBL initiative in your classroom. Welcome to the Impact Makers community, and let's talk PBL. Hey, Impact Makers, we are starting our professional development planning series, and we will discuss how to take charge or own your professional growth. Now, as a professional development facilitator, you know I'm going to advocate for ongoing professional development because learning never ends. You won't believe how much professional development I do around project-based learning. My daughter asked me last week if everything I do revolve around project-based learning. If you all knew me personally and knew how much time I spent acquiring new knowledge about project-based learning, you would either feel inspired by me or sad for me. In either case, here's the truth. I can no longer count how many books I've read about project-based learning, webinars I've attended, of course, some good, some bad, and general research on best practices. Now, let's not talk about the hours spent designing training for teachers. And I'm not talking about general project-based learning training, like the one-size-fit-all type of PD, but I try to offer specific ways teachers from all disciplines can implement project-based learning in their classrooms. So for example, what could PBL look like in a STEM classroom, a PE classroom, a music classroom, a theater classroom, etc.? Now, my aim is to make my professional development sessions helpful because I want teachers to leave happy that they spent their time with me and other educators. Think about how much time I must spend on learning about PBL. Let's not mention that my doctoral research focus is PBL, so I probably spent an additional 10 to 15 hours per week reading and analyzing scholarly journal articles or writing a synthesis and drawing conclusions to share via my capstone or dissertation project. Okay, I think you get the point. People who want to become an expert or a specialist about a particular topic spend thousands of hours learning and doing that topic, which leads me to this week's topic. Now, this is a serious but funny topic to me. Let's talk about how you might be wasting your time and the facilitator's time doing project-based learning professional development sessions and what you should be doing instead. Now, I'm going to go ahead and say I've been guilty of doing some of these actions at some point in my career. I'm just more intentional about taking accountability for my professional growth. As I review these behaviors, I want you to reflect on your actions. Have you ever done any of the following during professional development sessions? And be honest, focus your effort on finding errors or the things to debate with the facilitator. Basically trying to argue whether PBL as an instructional strategy is valid or not. If this sounds like you, instead, consider using that same level of effort to pull out ideas that may be useful for your classroom. I have a rule. If I spend at least an hour in a learning environment, I must leave with at least one new idea. Now, depending on the situation, that may require a little more work on your part, meaning you may have to ask more questions during the training, speak to the trainer afterwards, or maybe ask other educators for feedback, whatever it takes to make the experience meaningful. Have you ever spent your time thinking of all the ways project-based learning will not work in your classroom because your students are different? Yes, all humans are unique and people learn differently. But often I hear teachers make a blanket statement about students' learning abilities. For example, my students can't do this because 
my students come from X background or my students are behind academically, so they can't do X. After 10 years of being a professional development coach and facilitator, I'm here to tell you, I hear this all the time. And I'm not debating whether or not those statements are true, but consider this. How can I modify the learning experience to fit the needs of my students? What must I do differently to provide extra support or reduce the amount of support to make it more rigorous? On the flip side, have you ever used a group discussion time to talk about how you tried the PBL strategy suggested and how it was a disaster, even though you know you didn't implement it with fidelity? Or maybe the outcome didn't go as expected, but you slightly exaggerated the student's negative reaction. If this sounds like you, here's what you can do instead. Consider using group discussion time to briefly explain the challenge you experienced so you can use all of the talented teachers to help you brainstorm ways to conquer that challenge. If you are thinking so far, I haven't done any of these actions that you're talking about, Candace. I always take notes, ask questions, and engage in discussion. Okay, have you ever took pages of notes in your notebook, computer, or screenshot every presentation slide with your cell phone to never look at them again? Basically, you have a digital project-based learning resource library collecting dust. Now, if this sounds like you, consider organizing the notes in a manner that would be useful later so it can serve as a reference guide. When you are struggling with X, you have a personal resource library to explore instead of spending hours researching material that you probably already have. Side note, I've done this before and it's a major waste of time. This leads me to the next time waster. Have you ever been the model participant showing the previous characteristics that I just mentioned, like taking notes, engaging in discussion, asking questions, and even helping your fellow teachers? You leave the PBL trainings with a unit plan completed and ready for execution, but you never actually use it in your classroom. In fact, you could come up with dozens of true reasons why you didn't teach it. We had testing, admin changed the schedule, you had to teach X, whatever valid excuse you can come up with. If this sounds like you, Consider deciding when you would teach your PBL unit before leaving the professional development session. Place it on your calendar. Go ahead, move things around if necessary. I actually instruct teachers to integrate their PBL experience with their current planned content when possible. That way, you are teaching the same standards, but in a different way than you normally would. Now, I may receive some pushback on the next set of behaviors that I'm going to discuss. I recently read the comments on a Facebook page of another professional development trainer. She asked teachers to share what they disliked about professional development. So of course, I was intrigued and read about 200 plus comments. Seriously, I grabbed a cup of hot tea and made it an event. Now, some comments I thought I would dislike that too, but there were some comments that I was a little shocked by. Mostly the ones about what behaviors should be allowed and as an adult, how you should be able to make your own decisions. Okay, let's see if you agree or disagree with me. Have you ever engaged in side conversations during a professional development session as the facilitator was presenting? Now, side conversations are a distraction to not only the trainer, but everyone else participating in the session. When teachers engage in side conversation, it prevents others who want to engage and follow along to stay focused. Furthermore, if a student talked while you were teaching, I'm sure there is a consequence. And as my friend often says, be the student you want your students to be. If you've done this before, consider writing down burning questions or thoughts on a sticky note. Then you can follow up with the instructor or whoever you wanted to talk to after the session. That leads me to the next behavior. Have you ever frequently left a room? 
I mean, like multiple times during a professional development session and then return expecting your colleagues or the facilitator to re-explain what happened. Now, this behavior is often annoying because again, you are wasting other people's time. And if you've done this, consider utilizing the breaks provided and only taking extra breaks when necessary. Now, of course, I'm not talking about people with medical conditions, but I would brainstorm how I could get the content from a peer. Have you ever played games on your cell phone, surfed Facebook or Instagram during the training, and then wonder why you were confused about what to do during the work time? Think about how you would react if a student did this. What can you do instead? Consider waiting to play your game or surfing the social media during breaks or after the session. Trust me, both will be available later. Finally, another way to waste your time doing PD sessions is to pull out a stack of papers and start grading them. I'm sure a majority of the teachers in this session with you have student work to review, but they chose to be present and contribute to a positive learning environment. Plus, if you're grading papers, you are not fully paying attention to the training because research has proven it's difficult to gauge in two actions that require intentional thinking at the same time. Yeah, you might can watch TV and grade papers, but you will either miss key parts of the show or mess up on students' grades. Think about it. Have you ever rewatched a movie and noticed there were parts you didn't remember seeing? So what can we do instead? Consider carving out time to grade papers by planning ahead or finding ways to reduce the amount of grading you have to do. Or seek out systems and tools to help you grade student work quicker and more efficiently. There you have it. That's nine ways that you may be wasting your time, your colleagues' time, and the facilitator's time during PBL training or any other type of professional development session. Make a tally. How many of those behaviors have you done? And it's okay. There's no judgment here. When we know better, we can do better. Remember that you're responsible for becoming the best teacher you can be for yourself and for your students. Commit to showing up to the next professional development session differently. Next week, we're going to dive into how we can start to create our own professional learning plan, even through virtual learning opportunities. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you find this podcast insightful, please leave a review and subscribe so you can get notified of future episodes.